Good afternoon, dear ladies and gentlemen. It's my pleasure to introduce Professor Dr. Tomasz Piaczykowski to you. Tomasz is an old friend of mine, as I may say, and one of the most prominent friends I have, because uh, Tomasz is inter alia the Vice Rector uh, for Domestic and International Cooperation at the University of Silesia in Katowice in Poland. Uh, apart from this, Thomas is also very active uh, when it comes to politics of science and exchange of science. Uh, in Teilia, he is the head of the equivalent in Poland to the Austrian Österreichische Akademischer Austauschdienst or the German Deutsche Akademischer Austauschdienst, so the institution that takes care of academic exchange. And he is also the, uh, the chair of uh, the advisory committee to uh, ethics of an animal experiments in Poland right in this moment. And as he told me before this uh, podcast started, uh, there is a change of the law ongoing on animal experiments here in Poland at the moment. So that makes him very active also when it comes to policy consulting and uh, policy advisory work. From his background, uh, Thomas is a lawyer. He studied law um, in, uh, at the University of Silesia. Uh, and he very early uh, specialized in issues of legal theory and legal philosophy. That's also the reason why we know each other, because we, I had the privilege to meet him somewhere in, in the 90s, I think, or in the, in, in the very, yeah, I think it was still in the 90s, um, in one of those uh, conferences of uh, young scholars in legal philosophy. Um, uh, so that is still his academic uh, home, I would call it. So he has been doing legal philosophy and legal theory um, and legal ethics uh, for most parts of his career. But on top of this, as I already mentioned, he also constantly worked in, in practical legal work, both as a lawyer as well as a politician or as a cons consultant to politicians uh, for his whole career. Uh, so we have someone here uh, who knows university organization and who knows political organization, politics and law, and on top of all this, ethics and philosophy of law. I'm really excited to have you with us, Thomas. First question to you, how are you? How is your life at the moment? Good, good afternoon. Thank you, Nicolas, for this really generous introduction. I'm really happy, uh, pleased and honored to, to, to be here. Hello to all our audience uh, it's it's great to to, to, to be a part of, of your yeah. series thank you so before starting what has changed since 2000 uh, since march 2020 it is perhaps wise to give an overview about how life was before that so could you perhaps give us a very short overview about how the the academic way to become a lawyer or a judge or um or a an academic looked like or looks like in Poland if there is no COVID-19 crisis? Well, it is, it is pretty standard, I would say, at least in the European context or, or from the European perspective, because, because of course you have, to, you have to graduate from the law school and there are pretty many law schools in Poland in the sense that practically all, all public universities or most uh, uh, public universities all over the country uh, offer such studies, plus there is several uh, private universities who also offer uh, law studies, sometimes uh, even shorter or, or made, made a bit easier than, than the standard way of five years studies as, as it is practiced at the public universities. And uh, after that, you, you have to complete a kind of additional training. So you have to pass an exam organized by either a bar uh, we actually we have two similar, very similar professions. This is a part of specificity of, of the Polish legal profession. I would say that we have two uh, uh, um, practically equivalent professions: advocates and so-called legal counsels. Historically, they were something different, but but uh, those professions evolved actually to the to the state today that the, it is very difficult to distinguish one from, from another. But they organize nonetheless separate exams and you can uh, either, either apply to the bar of advocates or to the bar uh, uh, gathering legal counsels. Uh, and if you, if you prefer to be a judge or a prosecutor, we have for about 10 years in Poland, a special state-sponsored school uh, for uh, future judges and prosecutors 
so so after graduating from the law school you may uh, take the exam to, to be admitted to that central let's say school for judges and prosecutors it is located in krakow uh, uh, so so these are these four let's say basic options that you have if you if you want to practice law either become an advocate or, or or legal counsel or judge or a prosecutor theoretically you can also want to become a notary public but the number of notary notaries in, in poland is quite limited and the access to this profession is still very very narrow i would mm -hmm. say so so there are relatively few people that that actually decide to to try to to become a notary this is quite profitable i would say but but very strictly controlled by the by the self-governing bodies of of the notaries so that it is extremely difficult to yes. get there so it's a five-year um undergraduate uh um curriculum i would say uh yeah. so that it's not the bologna system then and 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 you know if you want to enter one of the more prestigious universities you need to uh succeed in a competition before entering first year yeah sure, sure. Uh, legal studies in, in in poland are still quite popular i would say so so the um, admission is quite selective so even if we have some programs at our university in which practically everyone who who applies is admitted like physics for example or chemistry or something like that there are so few people who want to pursue this kind of, of studies and and uh, career that that practically the the access is open while um, a law studies uh, similar to for example psychology or there are some more popular let's say programs among which law is perhaps not the number one but one of the top five i would say in terms of popularity uh, so so it is pretty selective like like five or six pers persons per one per one place so so success rate is is about 20 30 percent depending on on the year uh, so it is it is really elite i would say still to some extent uh, in Poland and as, as you as you correctly mentioned this is not the Bologna system in Poland we have only five years studies so so uh, you you need to complete it from the beginning till the end in order to to to, to be a professional lawyer and and to, to to be eligible to those to those further stages of legal education and there are no discussions whether or not the Bologna system should be introduced into the legal education? There used to be. When, when we were uh, implementing Bologna systems, there were, let's say, a very strong opposition from, from all law schools actually in Poland that, that it is very difficult to, to have a decently educated lawyer after five years. So it is uh, even more uh, uh, difficult to, to, to have that effect after uh, this kind of combination that someone is... is uh, on the different undergraduate studies and then then complete legal degree uh, uh, on just two years uh, further program so so no we have we have several programs like medicine psychology law which is which exists only in in form of so-called uniform five years or six years like in in case of medicine uh, version so so there are no other options yeah. actually and is it, it's i would assume it's then rather difficult for polish students to uh to go abroad during their studies and it's even more difficult for non-polish students to come to poland <laughs> so that that i would uh, expect has some impact on your profession as a vice rector doesn't it yes it does you are right uh so so actually um uh, in practice, there are just two options, either very short stays like Erasmus within Erasmus program when, when students, and it is quite popular. So we have pretty many students, foreign students that, that visit our faculty for one semester or two semesters, mm -hmm. but it is within the Erasmus framework. So, so all the uh, classes that, that they complete here are actually recognized on the basis of Erasmus agreements uh, at the home universities or but this is still one semester or two semester and that that's it and the other option is just to complete the whole studies in poland which happens for foreign students but it is very rare usually the, they are eastern students like ukrainian for example russian students who prefer let's say to become a lawyer in the european union so so it is quite difficult to to get all those um, um 
entitlements, rights, and, and so on to, to, to be eligible to, uh, to do it on the same rules as, as, as Polish students. Uh, but, uh, but there are such cases. And we are just starting with an uh, equivalent, let's say, of law studies, uh, which will be uh, actually first level according to Bologna system. So it will be three year studies. Uh, something like international law and arbitration, it will be an English English language program addressed practically to, to foreign students uh, mainly, uh, but it will not grant you the, the formal title of a lawyer, so, so you won't be um, uh, entitled to apply to, to those bars or other professions, mm -hmm. legal professions in Poland, unfortunately. So it's a kind of second class law? Uh, Unfortunately, mm -hmm. this is for, for those who don't think about themselves in terms of, let's say, professional legal practice or uh, practicing law in, in, in Poland. So it might be attractive for someone who, for example, sees his or her future in the international organizations or so, something like that, rather than a standard career like uh, legal advisor mm -hmm. or, or judge or prosecutor. It is. It is uh, rather people who, who who don't want to to be a standard lawyer, yeah. so ordinary regular. So that's lawyer. a little bit like the German model of the uh, of the universities of applied sciences uh, offering some kind of specific uh, law studies which do not qualify for the for the bar. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, that was yeah. very very heavily discussed in uh, in Germany because of uh, the question whether this is not a trap. A career trap for the people uh, going into this direction. Well, we have a quite, uh, if I may say so, a, a kind of experience in this respect because actually all law faculties, or at least most law faculties in Poland, uh, offer also studies in administration, in public administration. Uh, they are quite similar to, 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 to law studies in the sense that most lectures are the same, uh, the programs overlap, and so on and so on. But the difference is that you are not a qualified lawyer when you graduate not from law studies but from administration and then administration is uh, organized according to the uh, bologna line so it is divided into two stages uh, so uh, according to let's say general opinion in poland this is this kind of let's say b class studies at law faculty so if you if you really want to be a lawyer you apply to law if you fail for example some of them you know, prefer to study administration and, and apply again after a year because at least some of the of lectures or classes are are uh, recognized so that they don't lose uh, the whole mm -hmm. year in mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. case. Mm -hmm. And is there is there competition uh, between the different law schools? So uh, do uh, do students have the possibility to choose where to go? And if so, what are the criteria to choose? Well, actually, we don't have. Uh, uh, for many years in Poland, we we uh, uh, we have given up organizing a separate entrance exams. It used to be the case uh, when I applied to to the law school. Every law faculty, every university organized uh, their own entrance exam. It was a test, uh, history, and interview, and and something like that. Uh, while now we, we are obliged by law to respect the, the uh, um, outcomes of final examination at the secondary mm -hmm. school. So actually the competition takes place there. So those uh, uh, school boys or, and school girls, uh, teenagers who, who think about applying to law school, they are aware that they have to get the outcomes from their final exam and it is state, or state organized uh, um, exam at the end of uh, at the same standards the same the same questions and, and so on and so on so it is uniform all over the country so actually on this basis they usually apply to several law schools and you know then choose from among those where were which accepted them so so uh, usually it is the best, the best pupils usually get accepted to three or four uh, universities, and then they decide. Okay, so the students that you have then are those with the very best grades in 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 school. Mm -hmm. Yes, mm -hmm. yes, yes. That exactly. practically not not perhaps grades, but but grades from the this separate final exam. 
It is the final exam after the secondary school, but it is organized, as I, as I mentioned, not by schools themselves. So there is no difference, let's say that at one school it's easier and, and another it is, it is more difficult because uh, it is, it is uh, in, organized exactly in the same way uh, in, in the whole country. So, so this is a separate exam, but it is between the secondary school and mm -hmm. university. Which means that uh, there is an assumption, which is uh, you need to be very good in math to become a good lawyer, or you need to be <laughs> very good in foreign languages no. to become a foreign No? <laughs> the foreign languages, yes, but, but uh, not all, all uh, subjects, let's say, from the school are taken into account. Mm -hmm. so, so depending on which, which uh, program of studies you, you choose, uh, 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 for example, the history or, or, or political science or languages or, or, or something like that is taken into mm -hmm. account. So, so you choose which kind of subjects you are taking at your final exam. And then if you chose wrongly, your, your uh, way to apply to some programs at the university is closed. Mm -hmm. So it is a really important and serious choice for, for them what to take at the final And if you want to study law, it would be history and, and foreign languages yeah. and, and Polish? Yeah. Or yeah. what would be the typical subjects? Actually, I don't know the details because this is the, this part of the university that I have nothing okay. to do. Mm -hmm. This is not, I'm not in charge of yeah. that. So, so but, uh, but for sure it is history, mm -hmm. for sure it is, it is Polish. And I think that that foreign language mm -hmm. too. Mm -hmm. Interesting. And then when it comes to, uh, to the choice that uh, the brightest students have, whether to go to uh, Warsaw or to, uh, to your university or to wherever, yeah. what are the criteria yeah. that make them choose one or the other? Is it? Well, that's a good question. Uh, 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 of course, above all, I think, but this is my speculation. I don't have any hard knowledge about that. I, I'm not sure if it is it is uh, you know reliably examined in a in a, in a systematic way, but but the general opinion is that first of all the attractiveness of the place, mm -hmm. so so Warsaw, Krakow, uh, Wrocław, uh, Gdańsk, they are usually considered as the most attractive places to live in Poland. So so consequently they are also attractive for for young people to spend five years of of their life there. So. So this is number one, I would say. And the second is the prestige of, of the university. And in this respect, actually, Warsaw and Krakow are, are let's say, number one. And they are competing quite competing with uh, each other quite ferociously, I would say, which of them is number one and who, who wins. There are rankings as everywhere, every year. And uh, one year, the Jagiellonian University in Krakow is ranked number one and Warsaw the second or the other way around. So, so it is very important for them to 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 win over the the mm -hmm. other, and I think that this is also important for students to 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 be sure that they are applying to to the university uh, that is let's say offers decent quality of 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 usually teaching because those rankings usually are based on the rather rather criteria relating to 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 teaching than mm -hmm. research. Uh, so, so it, it does not have to correspond to, let's say, the hard outcomes of, of let's say, uh, or research output or anything like that. But, but uh, it is based on either either surveys among students or the the, the, the formal uh, assessment of the quality of teaching that Ministry of, of Higher Education is is conducting. Uh, periodically and, and so on mm -hmm. and so on and is the curriculum standardized so is no, no. so it's mm -hmm. no practically every university uh, establishes it for, for itself uh, of course there are some general criteria concerning these credits and and, and so on but uh, for for how many hours of work you can get one credit and and so on but what kind of of courses uh, are mandatory which are fac uh, uh, optional at which year uh, it is all up to to particular faculties actually to to decide so the the program of studies actually vary varies enormously from one university yeah, to another. But all of them have in common that legal theory and legal philosophy and ethics are much more covered and much more intensely covered than a German or an Austrian student would expect, correct? 
at least at public universities in Poland, it is still the case that that legal theory and and legal philosophy are have occupy quite a strong position in the mm -hmm. curriculum. Uh, the situation is different in in private universities because you know first of all they have they have more limited resources, so they hire only those lecturers that that, that are really necessary to to complete the the program and to be attractive for students. Uh, they are not interested usually in research at all, so so they are rather teaching institutions than 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 the, the full universities, with some exceptions, but this is generally the the, the case. Uh, so so uh, taking into account that usually legal theory and legal philosophy is, is not something that is most expected by candidates that that apply to to a given law school, uh, if they may skip it in the curriculum i mean private universities they usually do or limit at least the scope of of uh, uh, such courses while in public universities it is still considered a, let's say uh, indispensable part mm -hmm. of 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 legal education and and skills mm -hmm. that 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 a future lawyer has to possess and the private universities are they successful in competing so for for candidates who have the choice is it is it realistic that they would choose a private university or are they still just the second best option they are there are two or three exceptions mainly in warsaw they are they are quite good quality private universities very internationalized uh, you know with very successful let's say rates of, of future employment and so on and so on but there are just three or four uh in in in, in poland the rest is as you as you called it the second mm -hmm. class that that people who are not accepted to the public institution uh, can mm -hmm. can go there and they are they are admitted just on condition that they pay for for their yeah. studies and the public universities don't ask for any fees but the private ones obviously do right so yeah. mm -hmm. we have actually it as a constitutional principle there is a rule in polish constitution that the education at high, uh, the higher education is is free mm -hmm. uh, so so uh, there were even a ruling uh, of the Polish Constitutional Court, this was quite an interesting case, like 20 years ago or something like that, uh, because uh, uh, the, the, the constitutional provision says that the education in higher, um, on a higher uh, level is free, but there might be some exceptions to that. And uh, universities started to introduce such exceptions, like for example, if you have to repeat the year, you have to pay or, or some some additional let's say offers that 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 uh, that were on the separate let's say basis, uh, and uh, and it was it was uh, uh, there was a complaint to the court that you know those exceptions go too mm -hmm. far, and actually the court then decided that that uh, it must be very very strictly limited the the, the range of things. Uh, for which you can charge students at the public universities. So we have actually closed the way to to, to ex expand with with this, let's say, commercial part of of our activity. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And this, although there are part-time studies, but, but this is also important that that public universities, apart from from standard offer that 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 is free, it also offers uh, a commercial uh, courses, a, a kind of weekend studies. Uh, which are theoretically addressed to, to, let's say, those who are already working and don't have time in, in, in uh, normal uh, work days. Uh, so, so, so it is, it is a kind of separate offer, and it, it is uh, uh, paid. Uh, but uh, uh, the popularity of those studies, which it was enormous twenty years mm -hmm. ago or twenty-five years ago. Uh, because there were very, very few places at the free legal studies in comparison with the demand. Mm -hmm. uh, while now, the, due to demographic changes, actually, actually there are not very uh, many more uh, young people uh, completing their secondary school and intending to study law than places, free places at the public universities. Mm -hmm. So. So actually, it, it is not no longer so popular as it used to be in, in the past. And actually, being a lawyer now, it is much less prof profitable in Poland than it used to be 20 years ago, because you know the number of lawyers grew so so enormously that now it's very difficult to cope at the market. 
so so the level of attractiveness i would say of the profession also decreased so so it, it made that investment in in let's say this kind of paid studies uh, much less attractive. and and why is this because the universities simply educate too many uh and first universities educated educate uh, educated and still educate too many uh, mm -hmm. uh, people uh, at law faculties uh, remember that we have those private universities too uh, and above all there is a uh, the, the, there was a huge change in the level of this of this additional training it was the let's say very narrow path in the past mm -hmm. so the bars uh, or uh, granted these this places for a very few people actually every year. So it was a, a, a huge life success, I would say, to, to, to get admitted to the first this bar training and then uh, pass an exam and become an advocate or, or judge or someone like that. Now it changed and, and actually those, those professions are much more numerous i would say and and uh, that is the reason why uh, in particular young lawyers have a very hard time beginning to 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 to, to their career and and trying to establish their own firm or or office so so now uh, it is it takes many years to to get let's say uh, to the position that that in the past were actually automatic outcome of, of getting the professional uh, uh, qualifications and, and studying. Yeah, and how is this with, with academics? Is it similar there that uh, the position has become less attractive? How do you become an, an, an academic in Poland? What, what do you need to do? <laughs> it's, it's, it's just very deeply changing because, because we had a huge and very deep reform of universities two years ago, actually. And it's and it's still at the beginning, let's say, of, of the uh, new system that, that, you know, quite recently started to, to actually uh, operate. Uh, so in the past, actually, the, the, the situation was very simple. So, so uh, in practice, uh, lecture, <coughs> lecturers just uh, offered, let's say, that the most brilliant or talented students who were about to graduate the possibility to continue their education to make their phd and and then to stay at the university so the, the problem of polish universities was the let's say homogeneity and and closeness mm -hmm. meaning that actually all researchers or predominant majority of researchers come from the very university in which they continued their career i'm a good example of that i studied at the university of silesia then continued my phd there mm -hmm. and, and i'm a professor there so it was a typical path let's say of, of uh, becoming and and, and uh, living as an academic in, in Poland now we change it fundamentally uh, and uh, and uh, change the policy let's say of, of uh, recruiting PhD students we establish a separate doctoral schools at, at each universities which are to some extent obliged to make a kind of open recruitment uh, for 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 the positions that that they offer every year so last year at our university was the first time when we make such a recruitment and actually the the outcomes were completely different so so most of our phd students are from other places mm -hmm. than than our university so it will be a rule i guess in in, in future that that you uh, to a large extent similar as now you apply to several let's say universities as an undergraduate student mm -hmm. i think that in future it will be the similar way to apply to doctoral schools if you if you want to pursue uh, your academic mm -hmm. career but it is brand new and and it was you know nobody knows if, if if the system will actually get accepted and 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 remain in in poland because it's as you can imagine extremely controversial change and now uh, it is a problem what to offer to, to, to uh, first of all, uh, uh, graduates who, who hesitate what to do next. We cannot guarantee them anything, actually, as their supervisors on the, on the level of their master thesis and, and so mm -hmm. on. So everything that we can tell them or advise them is to, you know, you, you can apply, wait until the doctoral school will uh, organize the recruitment and apply there either to our or to, to, to other doctoral school. 
and we have still not solved the problem what to do with our PhD because in the past when you completed your PhD at the given university and this PhD was was uh, evaluated as you know outstanding practically automatically you were offered uh, a job mm -hmm. there uh, uh, and now it is no longer the case because because it was completely separated so the doctoral school is is a separate entity actually within the university from faculties who who have to pursue their own uh, let's say employment policies or recruitment policies so actually they they are supposed to to open recruitment when they need someone not when there is someone who just uh, finished his or her phd mm -hmm. studies so so we have a gap now between between uh, let's say the, the 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 phd school and the rest of the university who who operates, uh, let's say, uh, concentrated on, on their own needs, actually, not, not on, on those uh, own PhD mm. candidates. But I would assume that that will have a serious impact on the attractiveness of the career. True. So, so uh, on the one hand, of course, uh, you cannot be sure that you will be offered the continuation mm -hmm irrespective of how successful you are at your master or at your phd but on the other hand uh, uh, it is opening let's say the, the the universities for candidates from other institutions mm -hmm. so so in the past nobody even even think about applying to to other university for example if you completed your phd at the university of silesia you, you had zero chance that you will be recruited at the Warsaw University mm -hmm. or Wrocław University because they, they had their own PhD uh, candidates that they were waiting until they, they finished their thesis and, and, and be recruited there. So, so now actually the situation is more, let's say, fluent and, and I would say open and transparent. So there is just an open open uh, contest of anyone interested in getting a job uh, rather than you know uh, channeling of, of of that to to your own let's say people that you are somehow uh, uh, pulling for for all their careers so 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 i think that at the end this this change will be will be uh, good both for the quality of of, of uh, science and research in poland and uh, uh, for the fairness, let's say, of those procedures, which are, which are actually just a pseudo contest up to now, because of course we are obliged to organize the, let's say, kind of, 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 of competition between candidates, but everybody knew that, you know, just, uh, just uh, uh, one candidate, the one because of whom this uh, competition was organized has a real chance mm -hmm. to win. But I would assume that a requirement for this would be that at least the career perspective is competitive in the sense that for some people it's a good choice to, to go to a university instead to, I don't know, one of the big law firms or, or to become a judge or so. And we don't have this problem actually so 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 uh, i i don't think that there are few people interested mm -hmm. in academic career in poland so 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 up to now it it it, it was not let's say the main uh, issue let's say in, in those reforms how to make let's say your academic career more attractive in comparison mm -hmm. with with let's say business competition or environment we have this problem for actually for computer scientists. Mm -hmm. It is uh, it is such a such a gap between the conditions that the university can offer to to someone who who graduated from computer science and, for example, thinks about about uh, making PhD or continuing as a lecturer or researcher at the university, and the conditions that are offered by huge computer firms like IBM mm -hmm. or or software uh, uh, giants and so on and so on that that actually we have practically no chance to attract mm -hmm. anyone so so there are very few people who who want to to, to continue their education above let's say the the level of, of graduate studies in poland this is not only the, the problem of our university the problem of poland as such and and there really is that problem but among lawyers i wouldn't say mm -hmm. that that uh, uh, it is so attractive to, to, to be at the market that, you know, they don't think about making a PhD or, or becoming mm -hmm. professor. And the reason why it's still so attractive then is because of the academic independence or is it because you, you, you 
are still in a very prestige, stable it's I the prestige say. okay is the prestige and the fact that that uh, uh, i i guess that contrary to the situation in germany and austria we actually still tolerate uh, and for many years have tolerated combining the two mm -hmm. so people who who were researchers lecturers and so on at the same time uh, were advocates or judges or prosecutors and so on and actually they were much more attractive at the market when they were also they had such titles academic titles and position at the university so so actually it was considered as as not mutually exclusive mm -hmm. and and something that actually boosts your 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 market career your let's say fees that you can charge and, and so on and mm -hmm. so on so so many people i think decided to continue their career thinking that sooner or later they will they will get at the market mm -hmm. too and this is still the case so this is still mm -hmm. the case a, a bit more restrained now uh, and for example for phd we have a policy that we we cannot prohibit that but we strongly discourage phd candidates from from working at the same time when mm -hmm. they are when they are pursuing their, their degree uh, and actually we organize the, the the lectures and classes for them in a way that make makes it quite difficult to 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 reconcile it with a standard uh, work somewhere else so so it is it is changing but slowly and and i think that the impact on the decisions of of uh, uh, people graduating from studies will come in in, in a couple mm -hmm. of years mm -hmm. so let's see one one change is already here i assume that's the covid related change so <laughs> how did academic life and how did practical legal life change since uh, march of this year well it, it was it was a, a turmoil i would say so so actually we were we were surprised by by not only by the pandemic this tool of course but by the governmental decision that that all classes will have to be switched into online system practically uh, immediately so so there was a decision of the ministry of higher education that that uh, uh, standard classes are no longer allowed to continue so only online classes may may take place so so actually we had to change all classes including including those at the law school from one week to another and and to ask the the teachers lecturers to to switch into uh, online system immediately whether they had any experience with that or not uh, so it was really really challenging and difficult and and i would say that we were relatively successful with that meaning that that like 90% of classes just continued and in this form or another i mean that either on zoom or teams or or in some cases even on a very simple system that the lecturers just because we we made no uh, restrictions at the university uh, as as uh, regards the form in which this online class may continue because it was sufficiently difficult let's say to persuade teachers to to, to do it uh, in any way uh, uh, so so we decided that it's better that they will do it in the way they like rather than you know refuse to, to continue at all so they, they were free to, to do whatever they want to, 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 to complete the class uh, on a distant learning basis and in some cases, it was just the sending emails with materials to read, and then uh, you know organizing an exam at the mm -hmm. end. So, so it is something that we will not tolerate any longer in in this semester. So, so the range of possibilities of online learning will be much more limited. So, so it will be recommended to have either, uh, let's say, a synchronic uh, class in the sense that it is live in an online system like zoom or something like that in particular if the the class is small in case of lectures it will be probably uh, uh, expected that that it will be uh, provided online as a recording but the time that normally would uh, would be devoted to to, to to a live class will be just a consultation time so so uh, it will be allowed uh, for students just to contact at that time and, and the teacher will have to be available for them 
to to let's say discuss uh, uh, clarify something and and, and so on mm -hmm. and so on so that uh, we, we are not going to accept the situation in which the the lecturer just you know publishes the the, the whole series of lectures online and goes away and you know mm -hmm. comes back mm -hmm. goes mm -hmm. away and comes back after after a couple mm -hmm. of months so so it is it is not not mm -hmm. uh, the, the system that we want to uh, yeah, and uh, several questions here. First one, obviously, this puts a lot more workload on the shoulders of the of of the academic staff. Teaching suddenly becomes much more time consuming than before. So, is this uh, compensated in a way? Do you hire more teachers, or do you pay them more, <laughs> or do you expect them to do less research, or? Up to now, not, and uh, and I'm a kind of a victim of that as a lecturer myself because uh, uh, I had a quite comfortable situation in the last semester because I had just one small class uh, that I could easily continue online. So so I reorganized the class in the sense that that uh, we had a couple of meetings with those 15 or, or so students on Zoom. Uh, and and then I asked them to to uh, arrange an individual a series of individual meetings with with me. So so instead of having one hour and a half with the whole group, I divided that that time into a shorter twenty minute slot mm -hmm. and uh, organized you know a meeting individual meeting with each of students separately, a shorter one of course and uh, uh, assign them the, the, the topics that they can choose from among uh, fr from them. And, uh, and uh, that time slot was uh, devoted to discuss, let's say, the, the, the chosen topic from, by the student himself uh, or herself. So, uh, so actually, it was quite successful. I was really satisfied. I think that, that you know, it was more efficient than the standard meeting with the whole group at the class. Because usually at such situation there is a, a subgroup of those who are quite active and talk to you and you know take the the burden let's say of activity and there is another subgroup which is which is silent and you you have to strongly encourage them to to participate actively. Well, in in case of such individual uh, online meetings, everyone actually was forced somehow to prepare something and to. To, to talk to you individually uh, on, on, on the merits, let's say, of, of, of the class. Uh, so I was, I was positively surprised about th those effects. So uh, students who, who normally would be just, you know, very passive uh, in, in such system had to activate themselves. And, and, you know, some of them did very well, I would say. Uh, so I, I'm going to repeat that this semester, perhaps refine it further. Yeah, but I'm in a more, much more difficult situation because I have a lecture on philosophy for the first year <laughs> students. So it is like 350 participants or, or something like that. So I, I, I think that, you know, it is impossible to do it for the technical reasons on a live basis because, uh, uh, you know, the, I, I don't trust, let's say, the technology <laughs> sufficiently to believe that you know everybody will be will be really able to understand what I'm talking about. That the the, the the quality of of you know sound and and and, and vision will be will be uh, sufficient. Mm -hmm. So I decided to record the whole the whole lecture and uh, change that time of make it available for them to to listen or watch whenever they want. Probably I will chunk it into a smaller, uh, let's say, uh, parts. It, it won't be like one hour and a half of a lecture just recorded. Mm -hmm. It will be like 15 or 20 minutes podcast uh, that, that will be much easier, let's say, to, uh, to use for, for students to handle. Uh, and, and then I devote that time that, that normally would be uh, uh, the time of, of my lecturing for this kind of individual individual meetings with those who, who are particularly interested in the subject. And I still not decided whether those individual meetings will be online too, or perhaps they will be just in person to, to let those first year students to, to be at least partially physically present mm -hmm. at, the, at the university. This is our special concern, first year students, because, because if we 
continue this fully online system, it is very difficult to integrate them with the rest of their year, with, the, uh, with, with their colleagues and so on and so on. So we, we are thinking about creating some opportunities for them to meet in person with, with teachers, with, with the rest of, of, of their group and mm -hmm. so on. Uh, which is of course risky due to due to the health uh, um, danger and 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 restrictions. But on the other hand, um, it it rescues somehow at least some feeling of being a part of the academic community. Otherwise, you know, they they will just stay home and with parents and and you know have just online contacts with with teachers and and that that's not enough i would say for for becoming a part an integrated part to, of the university so so perhaps this kind of meetings instead of standard lecture will help them to 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 do in a relatively safe way to 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 have to come to the university to spend some time there to to meet someone to talk with someone to meet the lecture and, and so on so it is a kind of compromise between between safety and and other concerns that 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 we have uh, thinking about about uh, in particular first year mm -hmm. students and will you put these chunks of your lectures online on the open internet or will it be available only for your students uh i'm not sure we have this moodle platform i i've never made uh, anything available there this will be my first time of any recordings of of this kind so i'm not sure what are the let's say way to, to get there, uh, uh, if if there won't be any particular reasons to keep it uh, uh, available only for students, I would much prefer to make it make it available for mm -hmm. everyone. Uh, but uh, uh, perhaps I'm I'm not uh, uh, well, self confident enough to to believe that there will be many viewers. Oh. <laughs> no, apart from the group that that will have to pass an exam at the end. Well, I mean, there is a, there is a personal question in this, which is you as a teacher, how do you do it? But there is also a strategic question in this. How does the university do it? Yeah. And from yeah. a strategic point of view, you don't have a decision yet, do you? No, we don't have. We, we have not talked about that, actually, whether we should adopt such a, uh, let's say, intentional policy of making everything available to, to everyone. I don't think so, actually, because uh, because uh, if if I I was asked about that, probably I would be against that because uh, because uh, uh, perhaps we should take some care also to uh, uh, to to make uh, let's say our students feeling a bit privileged, so to say, that they have access to something that is that is you know especially for them because they but, are our students otherwise you know but couldn't that be <laughs> i mean couldn't that be the personal time with you and perhaps it could yeah. be yeah yeah you're right i haven't thought mm -hmm. about that actually and and uh, we have to to find some some reasonable way in between let's say not not making it secret on the one hand and on the other hand you know uh, uh letting our students feel that that something is you know especially for them because they are they are our mm -hmm. students mm -hmm. and not an accidental uh, bypasser. Yeah. And if I get it correctly, the standard setting uh, in autumn for your university will be that more or less everything which is not first year is supposed to be online. Uh, which is not first year and which is not the uh, by its very nature, uh, impossible to, to, to do online, like laboratories, yeah. like practical exercise or something. But like in that. law, we have in law, it will be yes. everything which is not yes. first year will be online. Okay, and and is sure. this just for the next uh, term now because there is no alternative, or is this something that you will develop further? even after the pandemic no our idea is, is is of course blended rather than than purely online meaning that that uh, at least some classes perhaps uh, will be possible to organize in in a way that part of the group is present at the classroom and there is a screen on on the wall and the rest is, is present online i have some uh, some experience with that because one of those councils that I um, that I'm part of that you mentioned introducing me we regularly organize uh, meetings in such a blended way so part of the council is 
physically present in Warsaw and the rest are participating online and we have a screen mm -hmm. and you know they are they are just you know talking from um, from the computer uh, and and it works actually I th of course it is much more difficult than than the standard online class where everybody mm -hmm. is is, is uh, on the same let's say footing uh, you have to get used you have to let's say remember that you know you are not only with the company in the company of those who are physically with you at the room but there are some other people who want to talk or, or intervene or, or or should vote or something like that so in this sense you you need to be very careful and and actually actually train that skill of, of conducting this kind of, of meeting but it is possible and I think that that uh, it, it could be a very good solution also for for uh, uh, let's say foreign students uh, uh, in, in many cases you know uh, they can continue for example class even if they have to go home for for some time of course it will not replace let's say mobility it, it shouldn't mm -hmm. so because the part of the of the the, the very point of, of this let's say student exchange is that they go somewhere have to cope there have to you know get familiar with the new places new people uh, somehow somehow uh, 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 learn a lot of practical let's say uh, overcome a lot of practical difficulties which is a part of their education which is impossible if, if you stay at, at your place but uh, uh, for, for many let's say uh, particular reasons uh, which make it impossible for students nowadays to take part in individual classes it could be a solution mm -hmm. so I think that soon and for example for visiting professors uh, it is also a very completely new possibility that you can hire let's say someone from from the other part of the world and don't have to ask them to travel you know such a long way to, to spend a couple of months at at your home institution mm -hmm. and so on but but rather to conduct the class from from mm -hmm. abroad so we can imagine also the situation in which the group is is present at the classroom mm -hmm. and the lecture is is uh, virtually present mm -hmm. only uh, so we want to to develop let's say those those solutions uh, uh, in order to 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 make at least some of them a standard part of of our future operation mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and and how how did the students or how are the students reacting on this do you ask them and do you have any feedback from your students we made uh, we made a kind of survey among foreign students uh, at our university mm -hmm. uh, and uh, and actually, the, the the feedback was quite good. So, so they, they had no complaints in in terms of quality of those online classes, which was our concern, main concern, because most of our lecturers actually had uh, had had no experience previously uh, with with this form of, of teaching. We had actually very restrictive rules concerning the who can. Uh, run an online class you had to apply for special permission from the rector uh, get a special training mm -hmm. and, and so on and so on it was very difficult to to be allowed to to run such classes before pandemic uh, and and uh, so, so there were handful actually of, of those who, who had any prior experience with that uh, so so actually there was a huge risk that that it just won't won't be of any of any decent quality mm -hmm. but but actually the the results were acceptable i would say uh, so 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 they felt safe they they felt cared about and they felt let's say taught mm -hmm. appropriately mm -hmm. so so uh, apart from let's say uh, few individual complaints i think that 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 you know we passed that exam and and we can base our future let's say decisions on the experience that we gain mm -hmm. uh, through through that semester. yeah and and the teaching staff did you ask them as well the lecturers how they <sighs> on the on one faculty mm -hmm. actually uh, the, the the dean of one faculty decided to to conduct this mm -hmm. kind of questionnaire among among students and 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 staff uh, and uh, well, it was much more, much more mixed, I would say, that, that feedback. Mm -hmm. So, so many people still, but there is a, a huge number of those who actually uh, change their minds. So, so those, and I think I'm one of them. So, so if you would have asked me 
uh, year ago whether uh, online teaching is a good idea, probably my answer would be, would be predictably <laughs> no. Uh, but now I think that there are many more opportunities than, than, than loss, mm -hmm. I would say, in, in, mm -hmm. in this form of, of teaching. So we can gain a lot in terms of, perhaps this is this my special perspective on someone responsible for, for this uh, uh, academic exchange. So the, the opportunities that, that arise uh, when you don't have to have a lecture or a student physically present every time that you, that you need him to, to do something mm -hmm. is really game changer, I would say. Mm -hmm. so, so we can think about expanding, let's say, the, the, the uh, group of lecturers, the, 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 the uh, kind of classes that we offer and so on and so on, much easier mm -hmm. than 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 it seemed to be the case uh, before the the covid yes yes and and how is it with practical legal work so uh, are there any changes to be seen there as well when it comes to the court system or the uh, the consultancy work of lawyers yeah actually the the court suspended their operation for some time at the beginning of mm. covid for a month or so actually nothing nothing worked uh, except, let's say, some emergency situation, of course, then it was organized on a, on a separate basis. But normally, court didn't, didn't work. Uh, then they, they restored that works first, trying to do it online. And I guess that uh, in some cases, it is still the case that, that, that courts uh, try to uh, hold sessions online. Uh, now it is also returning to the, to the standard way uh, because you know everybody got used to to, to COVID risk and and it is not so the the level of panic is much lower at, than in March or April. Uh, so now there are some sanitary restrictions like masks and and this kind of plastic shields that mm -hmm. are in between the court and and participants and so on. Uh, uh, but it is it is slowly let's say returning to to more or less normal. Although the, there is a huge number of, 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 of cases that, uh, that are delayed because of, of that crisis. And uh, uh, I'm really interested in, uh, in the statistics after the end of that year, because we had a problem with the slow pace of, of courts uh, uh, deciding cases uh, already before, before COVID. And now I get that the average number of months needed to, uh, for the court to hear the case will, uh, will get even longer. So, so probably we will have to, to look for, for some special solutions to unblock, let's say, the, 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 the operation of the courts, because this is one of the nightmares, let's say, nightmares of the Polish legal system is the, is the slow pace of, of, of court's operation and uh, in particular in business cases it is, it is horrible that you know in order to get your money back or, or the, the court ruling or something like that you need to, to wait years sometimes so, so this is a real problem for, for investors for, for developing of, of, of business in Poland so I guess that sooner or later some special solution will, will have to be found to, to uh, somehow make up for, for, for that additional delays due to, due to uh, the suspension and, and, and problems. Yeah, but there are no real works or solution to be seen at the moment, so. No, mm -hmm. no, no, no special solutions. Uh, so uh, I guess that, that, you know, the, the Polish legal system is, is, generally speaking, is in a, let's say, very difficult situation because of known, let's say, political pressures and, and uh, the, uh, let's say, tension between judges and the government, the Ministry of Justice and so on. So uh, it doesn't make it easy to, to solve this kind of additional problem that, that appeared because of, of COVID crisis. So actually, the ministry and the, the judges are focused more on, let's say, uh, the, the, the political problem with trying the governmental attempts to, 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 to you know, take over the control of the judiciary than to you know, the, 
standard problems with how fast the, the codes proceed and and uh, how how much time you need to to get your your ruling and and so on and so on uh, so uh normally probably much more attention would be paid to 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 these practical issues rather than the political uh, aspect let's say of the of independence of the courts and and uh, the political um, pressures and 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 conflicts around let's say the uh, new laws that 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 you know make it we had elections quite recently in poland and of course the validity of those elections uh, were also decided by the supreme court which is in the center of those political debates so so generally speaking it is not easy to look for solutions for particular COVID problems when you are in a in a total war uh, between judiciary and and the government yeah i completely understand the last point that you make however i think uh, if i may say so uh, it's not just a COVID problem right i mean the digitalization uh, of the judicial system is not uh, a topic sure. since march uh, it has been a topic for yeah or for longer <laughs> and it will be a, to a topic also after the ending of this crisis and may i ask you also a question what is your opinion on on the idea of online court cases and and sessions do you think that that it is feasible at all and and we can do it safely in terms of of the quality let's say of judging and and deciding so my cases? personal opinion on this when it and it's it very much depends obviously on the substance so i would be more reluctant when it comes to criminal law but in civil law i don't see anything which could not be substituted by electronic means and I would also like to argue that we can see already that in many in outside the traditional state-driven judicial system, so in particular when it comes to uh, alternative dispute resolutions, all kinds of electronic means are already used on a daily basis. And I don't see this system competing with the judicial system in the traditional way to be in a crisis. It's the you know the, it's the attacker, not the defendant. So. <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, but that's only my personal opinion, obviously. And I, I mean, I. And why, why, why do you think that criminal matters is is a? Because I think it's story? it's it's important to see uh, the person um, uh, in, uh, about whom you judge uh, when it comes to all this, you know, the 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 moral and ethical aspects of crime and of crime and 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 of judgment about crime. And that is not the case in civil law, in my view. I mean, civil law is. So you think that that it is the, the question of perception, let's say, of of someone's behavior is is, is different. No, I don't think that you... it's so much. I mean, uh, that's it. funny now because it's getting an interview in the other way around. Uh, so uh, <laughs> no, sorry. no, but fine. <laughs> I I will try to answer the question. I, it's not so much about the perception of the criminal. It's more about the um, the expectation the criminal still might have which is to speak to a human and to explain himself or okay. herself to a human uh, face to face uh, and i don't think that that can be very easily substituted and therefore i would probably also be more reluctant when it comes to i don't know divorce law or or heritage law uh, and and such personal issues but when it comes to you know hardcore civil law or or business law um i I think that the advantages uh, are, are are much stronger than the disadvantages. I see. Yeah. But I think about. I also need to say that this is clearly not uh, the mainstream position that I'm having here in 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 German-speaking countries. The mainstream position is very much like yours, I would say, which is yeah. Uh, yeah. this is an exception now and it needs to end after the yeah. crisis and we need to come back to face-to-face uh, -face situations quickly yeah, yeah. Thomas uh, more than an hour now that we speak and at the end I'm sorry <laughs> it's more me speaking than you um, <laughs> no but it was really interesting and I, I, I think that I, I will have to make an interview yeah. with you a separate yeah. one on yeah. the digitalization yeah. and uh, virtualization yeah. of, of yeah court. certainly we can do this if you wish uh, but for <laughs> but for the moment let me very warmly thank you but not finish with this without asking you whether there's any specific topic you would like to add or any comment that you would like to add to what was already said anything 
Well, I think that the, the just just one general observation or reflection that that uh, 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 there is a, a well-known principle that that you should you know the crisis is opportunity that you should should look at all those particular difficulties as something that you you can draw many let's say positive uh, uh, new insights uh, how to how to make progress how to improve things that that uh, seemed uh, unimaginable or impossible in the past and i think that that for me covid is precisely this situation that we can actually make the legal education much better after the covid problem ends and uh, i'm not i'm much less certain about that in terms of legal practice as, as the last part of our discussion suggests but in terms of education not only legal education but university education as such i think that it opens completely new horizons and completely new uh, opportunities and and uh, perhaps over the course of time you know covid will be a kind of breakthrough that 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 accelerated you know the the processes that otherwise would take years to to get us to the same position as where mm -hmm. we are now so that's a very positive uh, end, I would say, right? And a very optimistic one. And uh, thank you so much, Thomas, for your time. Uh, thank you to our listeners for their time. Um, I appreciate both. Um, I wish you a wonderful evening. Um, please stay healthy, please stay safe, and uh, please keep in touch with us. I really like uh, to communicate with you, Thomas. That has been a real privilege now for many years. And I would be very happy to receive feedback from our audience as well. Thank you so much and have a good evening. Thank you very much. Good evening. Thank you. It was a great pleasure for me too.